Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fall Described podcast. I have with me a very special guest. It's called Soraya Sakaido, and she has Hello. a lot of things to talk about. Hello, Soraya. Um, can Hello. You... Hello. Uh, <laughs> how are you this very fine day? I'm good. I'm looking forward to our conversation. A little yeah. excited and chill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. We have a lot of things to talk about. And when I say a lot, I do mean a <laughs> lot of things to talk about. Um, but <laughs> can you start it about with, with introducing yourself? <clears throat> okay. So, hello everyone. My name is Soraya Sakaido. I'm a creative. I am a visionary sound practitioner and inner abundance cultivator, pleasure activist, and intuitive business strategist. <laughs> pleasure, uh, pleasure activist. That's, whoa, that's very interesting. <laughs> But we're going to talk about all those titles and much, much more. Um, Let's start with something interesting that you said in our kind of pre-interview. Uh, we talked about you having those kinds of visions or kind of psychic moments when you were a kid and you saw things that you didn't want to see or experience things that were so uh, surreal that you couldn't describe them. Um, can you talk about that part of your childhood? Sure, yeah. So growing up, I was a really sensitive kid. I think um, a lot like many people out there that may be watching, um, I was highly creative, I didn't know that, but this sensitivity allowed me to see between me and between lines, which I like to say. And um, sometimes you see the beauty and the wonder and the magic that can often be lost in modern society. Um, you know, that's always been there in ancient cultures and just, uh, it's just, it's just life. <laughs> um, and at the same time, uh, seeing between the in-between lines meant seeing things in um, the energetic field and the astral that were not so pleasant, which yeah. I've shared before. Yeah. So some examples, you want some examples? And we can uh, talk about some examples, but I wanted to stop on magic, talking about magic and kind of the antiquity okay. that is lost to modernity. Um, what, is the, what is the kind of field of magic that engulfs this earth? Was it always uh, a kind of an eternal uh, superpower or is it something that is human, that is intrinsic to human beings? as opposed to the natural physical world. <laughs> I see humans. I think that depends on how we, how we perceive. For me, I see humans as superhumans. We have <laughs> a, an immense amount of um, potential and access to infinite possibilities, but we're just starting to develop and understand that. And for a long time, I think that, you know, there are so many clues left along the ways and, you know, yeah. um, so many civilizations that have ventured into this, but our society is just learning. I mean, it was, I was actually laughing about this in a conversation with someone. I was just saying, 
I saw a meme that had instructions on how to breathe. And this is something I teach people to, and I had to learn. But when I saw it, I was just like, yo, I can't believe that part of the work that I do is teaching people how to breathe. And I still have to remind myself about that. We're humans. We're learning how to breathe. We're literally. (laughs) So I I feel like um, that superpower is intrinsic to us as human beings. It's always been here. Mm. Yeah, so human beings were always here, but in a different kind of form. You were talking yeah. about uh, past lives, and we'll get to it in just a moment. But I want to get back to the kind of psychic uh, visions or visual journeys or psychedelic Let's journeys that, that mm-hmm. you experienced when you were younger. Yeah. Okay, so. Um... When I was young, uh, I had certain things that were, for example, um, I I lived in different places. I was born in Singapore. I lived in, uh, when I was living in Australia and I was a young kid, I think of like nine years of age. I went to the um, markets with my Mm. mother and I came back with a typewriter. I came back with a typewriter. Yeah. And it was this vintage pastel blue typewriter. And um, one day while I was using it, I think it was the first few times I actually sat down alone with it. Probably the first time I sat down alone with it in the house, like nobody was around. Um, The air changed. The quality of feeling in my body changed. My awareness became larger than just the room that I was in and just, you know, normal mundane reality. I started to feel all of these emotions that felt quite separate and like secondary to me. It was like outside of me, yet I w- it was like I was looking in a very clear glass um, mirror, uh, not oh. mirror, glass plane glass <laughs> and <Yes. laughs> and then I felt this very uh this presence of somebody else so it's it's mm-hmm. kind of like the same as having somebody else in the room but it's not a physical person right mm. and it was and it was a man and mm. I you know got information about you know this man used to use this typewriter and I was feeling his feelings and Whoa. things like that so that's one example. So what, what did he do for a living? Was he a, kind of an offer or what did he do? I didn't know that. I didn't know that at the time. I mean, um, I just knew that it belonged to him. I knew that he was probably about like 40 something years of age. Mm. I was feeling his personal feelings. It was like swimming inside somebody's insides. <laughs> was he a living a human being or he no. passed? It was a ghost. Yeah. A kind of a spirit, not a ghost, shall we say. Yeah. Ghost is yeah. a lo- loaded term, yeah. Yeah. So you so felt, I wish... yeah, you felt his presence in your kind of living room where nobody was around. Uh, so you knew that ex- that experience was uh, authenticated, shall we say, by you being alone. Yeah. Yeah. and authenticated just because it was really for me just as real as something else you know day to day except it was a completely new experience so I was quite afraid as a child 
mm. of some of the things that I experienced. And like I shared with you, um, while I had access to some beautiful, you know, insights and, and connections, mm. I also had certain things that were quite shocking and downright scary uh, as a kid. Um, and, you know, as I shared with you before, like, I think one of the most beautiful spaces that I, I had and was a place that was like a sanctuary for me was when I would go to sleep at night and close my eyes and just fall very deeply into this kind of oceanic stillness and presence uh, with myself and, you know, the guides and the totems that would, that would show itself, you know, one of which was the shark <laughs> was seven Sharks. and I all yeah I was seven and I always you know felt their presence and I think that it had a lot to do with the environment that I was growing up in um, and witnessing at such a young age the many different layers of violence and mm. the things that felt so incoherent to my being as a child I mean like you come into the world as as a child and you are like one of the closest things to source you know so it's like before the conditioning before the yeah. the programming yeah. so you come in and things that have become so normalized are they, they feel harsh to your system and I've got like this gift that I think a lot of people have I mean a lot of people because this is the work that I've been I've been doing this work since 2013 so even before that growing up, you, I can look at someone, I can just know, you know, like we are the same or somewhat the same, or you've had some sort of experience you might not have the same words for it. You might mm. not have the same language uh, than me, but I can tell that. Yeah, know, the that's way interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. How would you recognize someone who undergone such a powerful experience as you had and had a powerful visions? Sorry, could you rephrase that again? I didn't hear How that. would you recognize someone when you encountered them and you know that they undergone the same kinds of experience that you had? Uh, those visions, uh, we'll get back to that vision because I'm, I want to uh, go down the rabbit hole a little bit with that. Okay. But, uh, can you Let's tell me it. how would you... <laughs> Yeah, so how would you recognize a person who is a kind of, um, shall we say, sent, sensitive to the spirit uh, world, shall we say? <laughs> I recognize it in their field before anything else. Mm. And then second, secondly, you know, you can kind of tell by their interests. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when I say field that starts on an energetic level and also on a physical level, like how they sometimes just how they move, um, is something that I just, yeah, some, just how they move, how they move and how they relate to certain common things like, mm. yeah. Yeah. Kind of a, like a spirited away when you see those the no, normal yes <laughs> the, the normal humans the normal humans they can't see the the commies and you know the onis what the terms i am not going to get into those terms but people who know know 
those kind of Japanese yes. uh, Shinto spirits, but the regular people can't see, the, the parents can't see those ghosts, but the little kid, she sees uh, everything uh, around her. And when you, when you look at people, you know, I had, I understand what you're kind of saying when you say that they walk funny, those kinds of people, because I, I know people like that who are very, um, try to find a kind of, uh, or they see uh, spirits wherever they go, or they can sense the essence of an object or a place or yeah. a person. So it's very interesting to me, but getting back to your experience, when you close your eyes and you enter the kind of spirit world where you see or the, the kind of ether uh, that surrounds uh, the globe and surrounds the human consciousness. Um, so when you open that door, you close your eyes, you close one door to the reality and you open another door to the realm of uh, dreams and possibilities. Um, so take me for one of those uh, journeys. You close your eyes, you open the, the gold that you go up the stairs, <laughs> you open the golden door and what's uh, on the other, other side? <laughs> Are you asking me to do it now? No, to describe oh. <laughs> uh, one, one of those uh, experiences. Okay, describe one of the journeys that I've actually, okay. Yes. Um, so I can share, the first one that comes to my mind uh, is uh, when I was 25 or 24, mm. I'm, I'm 33 now. Um, when I was 25, I think around, early 30, 25, um, I had a dream. And so, you know, sometimes you close your eyes in meditation and you can see certain things and you receive certain messages and insight. Sometimes you close your eyes and you go on a guided journey and you might have a facilitator there and you can see as well and receive. Um, and sometimes you have, you could possibly also connect to this dream time realm. Uh, when you are asleep and through your actual dreams. So this is one where it was a dream. And I had a dream or I was flying and then I landed in a space where I think there was this, this door, this doorway, and it's, it was black. And, and I went through it. And the moment I went through it, it felt like I was no longer in a dream, even though I was in a dream. But the quality and the um, of the dream completely changed. Um, it's as like as um, as vivid the change as if you you know walked from an air conditioned room into a hot steam room. Mm. It's just mm -hmm. it's just very evident. And so for me, when I walked in and I um, arrived in this place, I was on top of uh, many, uh, this kind of like a wooden structure, mm -hmm. a wooden structure that was like, kind of like on stilts. It was, it was very like, it was solid, but it was quite thin as mm -hmm. well. And I mm -hmm. sat, I stood on top of it and I was alone and I looked down on my periphery 
and there were many, many tourists. There were many tourists and I knew they could not see me, right? And I was waving, they could not see me. So there was a lot of tourists. And uh, suddenly I uh, like knew and heard that I am in Japan. Mm. And I was in a, it was in a forest. Um, And I was just like, oh, this is interesting because it was uh, different from, there are many different types of dreams that you can have. So this one was um, very evident that it was astral travel. So I was going to a, a real whoa. life place. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, whoa, wait, hang on a minute. Astral travels. Whoa. What, what does, what that means exactly? Astral travels. Can we hang on? And... So, so basically it means like when you are, you're traveling, you're just traveling without your physical body. <laughs> it's okay. a very simple way to put it. <laughs> um, and, okay. you know, and, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you are one of the spirits haunting the uh, Japanese pagoda or temple. <laughs> you say haunting. <laughs> <laughs> or not haunting, maybe hanging around, I don't know, on top of the roof. <laughs> So it was just for a moment and it wasn't mm. a pagoda. It, was, it wasn't a pagoda, it was something else. Um, it was in a building. And in that moment, I suddenly got um, projected into the sky and brought above um, a Whoa. light city. So light cities are basically, um, you know, spaces where uh, civilizations like different types of civilizations like exist um, yeah, <laughs> um, with, yeah. And, and they're friendly and like without <laughs> without earth so anyways they are in some of these spaces are um, located in different parts of our world except mm. it's interdimension I mean it's on another dimension so I was being shown that there was um one that belonged to the Pleiadian civilization. Um, and I don't know if you're familiar with it, but are you familiar with the Pleiadians? Yeah, the Pleiades uh, constellation that I know. Yes. Awesome. Of course. So um, I don't know if so, there I don't I don't know if there are aliens, but I don't I tend not to uh, uh, believe that theory, but because yeah. if there are aliens, they are, they are very far away, very, very far away. And it is almost impossible for them, even with their technology, if they exist, to arrive and to come to Earth. It is near impossible. <laughs> but yeah, okay, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, so. No, it's okay. Yeah. Um, that's good. It gives context. So like, I never subscribed to any of this before as well. I just through the healing journey that I was sharing with you prior mm-hmm. to this uh, recording. Um, you know, when I said that I journey with sound and meditation and then into sexuality and creativity was something that was, you know, um, always, always there in my healing journey as well and supporting others. Um, but more on that later. But yes, during that journey on the sound and consciousness journey uh, and I was connecting with guides one of them was the star nation. So they would come through in my meditations 
and the Pleiadians were one of them. And so I had these dreams. And I like so that's the, one of the yeah, the star nation, a, a different term for kind of aliens. aliens. Yes, <laughs> but I like it. So, yeah, I'm going to adopt it. Yeah, I like it so much. The star nations. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> it rings more true. Um, and so, so I was being shown. I was, I, I saw the the light structures, and you know the the Pleiadians, and they're all. Um, and it was it was like above a certain part of Japan. I still don't know which part of Japan, but yeah. So that was one of the journeys. Whoa! Wow. <laughs> that was a long time ago. That was cool. Legitimately, like yeah. Did you ever had a, did you ever have a kind of a astral projection and mid consciousness and, uh, when you were conscious and not dreaming? Did you have I feel ever? I was, I, I feel like I was very conscious when I was dreaming, <laughs> but I think I know what you're saying. I mean, when my eyes are open, yeah, waking, state. waking day, yeah, waking state. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So have I ever, yes, I have. So I have, um, okay. <laughs> so one, one, the first one that comes to my mind is, um, yeah, just walking down the street and then having uh, my visuals and experience shift mm. in front of me and uh, the trees become uh, a different type of trees. And I, so interesting with all Japanese related, I did not totally expect this I had a sense while looking at your podcast but <laughs> uh, and I knew that I was in Japan yeah oh yeah so I mean it's that's that's a longer story to that one um it's not just that I knew that I was in Japan during that time I was also in connection with another individual who was going to Japan during the same uh at the time and he visited temples and when he was at the temple uh, you know, I happened to be in a sound healing uh, circle and doing a sound transmission for some people. And um, the individuals in the group pointed out that they saw me in front of the Japanese temple. <laughs> and, and he was there. And so, um, yeah. Just one moment about this. We'll get back to it, but I want to no make a caveat, like the sound transmissions, just so we keep it on in our memories so you can go on okay yes, yes. you can go on with this story okay <laughs> um yeah so during during that time um uh you know this person was quite spent a lot of time unconscious like sleeping and didn't remember a lot of the things and mm. and we had a certain connection at the time. This is so interesting that I'm talking about this. I did not expect myself to talk about this. Such a um, old, old, old story. But um, so during that time, I was in another country. I wasn't in Japan, but I had a dream that I went to Japan. Mm. And after that dream, I was walking on the streets in the country that I was in and the, the, the trees and my experience all became based in Japan and when I got into conversation with him he couldn't remember a lot of the things that he was going through so it was this kind of um soul connection yeah so 
getting back to the kind of sound <laughs> transmissions, I'm sorry, I, I needed, needed to make a mental note to go back no, to okay. the, yeah, to go back to the sound transmissions, and I want to know what the, the heck it is, the sound transmissions, <laughs> because, you know, uh, you kind of, uh, you went around yeah. and, uh, you know, uh, gestures with your hands and talk about a lot of terms and things that I don't understand because I'm not in that kind of, uh, let's say, uh, facet of, uh, of reality, but Okay. Um, so what is a kind of a sound transmission and why would one want to go under that kind of session with a sound trans transmission? What are they trying right. to solve yeah, within themselves? Right. So, I mean, first I want to share uh, the impact of this that I had and that I went through. Um, when I... When I was going through recovery and a lot of the, you know, medicines, um, you know, psychiatry, all of these things didn't work for me, like I shared with you. Um, my sister at one point shared with me a bunch of recordings um, from this teacher and she was doing sound transmissions and sound transmissions. So we call it light language and it sounds, well, it just sounds like this kind of, uh, many different sounds coming out rapidly and it doesn't is not in English or words or anything like that and I listen to them um, like medicine 21 days in a row I listen to them um, and they were meant to clear karmic uh, dissonances and so it really what it, I didn't understand what exactly it was at the time because because I didn't know. She was talking about star nations. She was talking about karmic clears. I understood what karmic clears were and I was open enough to understand because I was seeing psychics and things before that who told me um, about some of these things, you know, um, that I, I meant to do the kind of work that they do and things like that. So these sounds basically um, come from her channeling and this is something that I do as well these sound transmissions are basically me channeling in through information in the form of sound mm -hmm. um, to communicate with an individual's energetic field to communicate with an individual's physical body to communicate mm -hmm. with an individual's um, light body and soul presence right so it's kind of um my access point to connecting to an individual on a soul level because there's so many, so many disturbances and dissonances and issues today in our world that have forgotten the social aspect. And within the social aspect, there is also the soul aspect that is forgotten. And so this acts as um, a way to connect with an individual uh, through healing. So what basically sound is the vehicle that I use to within shamanic healing. So what I do is essentially healing and it's shamanic in nature because I'm working with more than one dimension and I'm using sound as the vehicle to communicate and to translate this energy as well as just energy healing. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. I think, um, 
You know, a lot of temples in kind of a, the ancient world had that kind of sound element to them because, you know, the pyramids of Egypt, they have all those kinds of tubes where the priesthood would gather around yeah. and would chant different uh, kind of spells and uh, bells and whistles and whatever you want to call it. And crystals, um, yes. Yeah. I don't know about crystals. I, I'm not an Egyptologist, but uh, it's fine. Uh, I agree with you. There was, a, there probably were kinds of tools like a Tibetan, um, what do you call bowls. it? Those Tibetan bowls? Yes, yes, the Tibetan bowls. Yes. So I believe uh, they would have something similar to that in ancient Egypt. Um, but Getting back to the kind of <clears throat> the kind of shamanic uh, rituals, um, yeah, it's something that is very interesting to me because, you know, I come from the the academy. Uh, I have two degrees in art and literature, and uh, I'm a man of uh, science. I think, uh, even <laughs> though I hail from the humanities, I still use the scientific method in my mm -hmm. own philosophy and my own thinking and as well as in my academic work. Um, but I'm so interested about, you know, ancient cultures and uh, spiritualism, shamanism and magic. Um, can you tell me a little bit about um, the kind of importance of shamanism or why do human beings have that kind of spiritual uh, yearning for the beyond or the transformational? It's so interesting because um, when you ask this question, I feel for me it's been something that is so intrinsic like ever since I was a kid. So what I, for me, what I always see to go beyond is the human conditioning mm -hmm. and the sham, like living more shamanically, seeing more shamanically, more wholesomely, one in a way that includes like the multiple layers and dimensions of the human being and of life you know, and not just to live in this world where, um, you know, there's just one thing to do in this one way and then this, okay, and then like repeat, yes, repeat, yes. repeat. For me, that is what is natural. Um, so when you ask this question, my going beyond is always in the human conditioning and, and suffering by understanding mm. pain, you know, understanding the, the difference between pain and suffering, mm. that it's okay to feel pain, um, but we don't have to suffer. And if we understand how to alchemicalize and to transmute within our inner world, these different elements that can come up within us. And it, when we understand that, that process and that we can be fully um, in control and in, well, not totally in control, but you know, we can guide that process. Mm -hmm. we, can, we can ignite that process. We can understand that journey of transformation within then what happens is that we can have less suffering in the world, mm. you know, 
And yes. so for me, that is the thing that I always want to go beyond. Um, you know, when I was younger, not like when I was a child, but when I got older and got super angry and like hated human beings and, you know, was just like hardcore anti almost everything. Um, <laughs> I always wanted to go beyond. I always wanted to go beyond. I wanted to go beyond um, this world. I wanted to leave it. I wanted to explore outside of, uh, you know, the reality that we are living. I wanted to escape. But what I'm talking about is a coming back. It's about reuniting, uh, you know, consciousness and the body, about reuniting our spiritual selves and our, seeing ourselves as cosmic, you know, soul beings and connecting that with the mundane in our, in our lives so that our life can become animated. So our life can be full of joy and beauty and wonder and imagination, just like when we were children again. Yeah, yeah. It's a great metaphor for humankind and for history of humans, at the very least. We were kind of <laughs> uh, in our titular years of evolution. I don't I don't believe entirely in the theory of evolution. I believe uh, some of it. Um, but um, well, talking about the, the childhood, that's why they call it the, the cradle of humanity. Um, but it's a derogatory term. And now when they say that those kinds of myths that came from the past, uh, mainly from Mesopotamia, the Middle East, uh, Southeast Asia, all those places, India. Um, there are kind of a derogatory terms, but do you think that myths have any veracity to them? Is there, are there even the supernatural kind of elements in the myths and the stories? Uh, do they have any kind of uh, truth to them. The way I see it, I look at myths as, um, in a way, I look at myths kind of like a gateway to understanding the unseen. Okay. I look at characters like archetypal energies and representations of our inner world. And I look at myths as a way, because storytelling has always been in our culture, right? This is how we pass down wisdom and we pass down through oral traditions, um, different types of understandings that sometimes people want to keep a little bit more hidden and, and, and close to them. And sometimes um, it's to, to yeah. share, sorry? That's interesting, trying to keep like the, the, the secrets of the, the magic of the universe to yourself, to be a hoarder and not to try to spread that knowledge. Well, not really a secret, more so because at the end of the day, it's like if you can, you will see it when it's time to see it. Okay. When your eyes open okay. and you look at something, you will have a different perspective of a story. You can read a story like 10 times and you're going to have different interpretations each time 
Mm. As you grow, as your mind grows, as your eyes open, as you let go of the conditioning, you're going to have different insight and gateway into the stories. So it's not so much that it's hidden, but it's embedded within the stories. Mm. And I feel when you ask me, um, is the truth to them? I feel like this is a way that we have passed down our teachings and and our understanding of the world. So I definitely feel like there's truth to them. If definitely like, you know, if you talk about literally, maybe not always literally, but um, some of the mythical uh, creatures and mythical uh, representations, do I believe in them? I do. Because mm. I've experienced them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, getting back to the past lives, um, yeah. How do those, sure. in your personal journey and discovering yeah. all the past lives, it reminds me of the kind of Buddha who mm-hmm. meditated for 60 years after he left his family uh, under the Buddha tree. Um, and he saw all his past lives, the only person in, in history or, you know, history to do that. Um, but not the only person, but <laughs> yeah, but for, uh, pro- yeah, yeah. Forged the path. yes, but there are, um, I mean, <laughs> there are a lot of people who, who make that claim, but that's fine. Okay. You can believe uh, yourself and that's yeah. good enough. I think, um, but how do your past lives, maybe, maybe you were a cat or a cloud or I don't know, a, a, pagoda, a pagoda in your past life, but um, how, do, how do your past life, lives inform your current uh, kind of incarnation? Right. Um, so I would say the, uh, the first time that I connected with a past life consciously, mm. consciously um, was, well, Semi-consciously, I was about nine or 10 years old Mm -hmm. and I had to write um, a story in class and bind together a book. Uh, And I started to write the story of King Tut and Mm -hmm. I had not watched any historical, like any, any, any shows. My family didn't talk to me about uh, King Tut. And I remember only in hindsight, in retrospect, now being older, that the process in which that I was in when I was writing and when I was coloring and, you know, holding the book, it's very, 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 very much the same and similar to when I'm connecting in my sessions with Mm. my spirit guides and just using sound instead of writing. Um, So I would say that while I was like, I was, I knew something was different, but I didn't know exactly what I was just like, oh, this is from, you know, you know, Mm. information from another time. Um, I just, you know, knew it on a sensory somatic level, you know, consciousness, but I didn't Mm. consciously, consciously knew about it. So the first time I was, I consciously engaged with the past life, I was maybe about 25, 24, 25 years old. Um, And I was, um, I suddenly had about like 11 p.m. at night, I had this desire to go to the middle of the living room and I And I went out of my room, went to the living room, and I pulled one of the dining table uh, chairs uh, away and into this like space where I'm facing the window 
and which is facing the sky. And I sat down there and, you know, I felt this presence, um, not presence, not yet. I felt something shifting in the air. I felt something was coming almost kind of like, it felt like when you find out a tsunami is coming, <laughs> but you're not going to die. Okay. You just, you yeah. just know a tsunami is coming. Well, you're in, in Japan. World. So, yeah. Where? Uh, I'm like I wasn't in Japan, but like yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I I I had that feeling. This like like a swell is coming, and so I was just like, okay. So I just sat down, and I I remember I just sat down, and I just put my hands on on my on my lap, and I just looked down to the sky, and I felt that feeling building and building and building. And this wasn't like a malevolent kind of malevolent kind of uh, feeling here. Yeah? It was just, it's like pressure, like pressure's come, it's building, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a little bit of fear because I was like, what the fuck? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, but I was exactly like, like that. What the fuck? Yeah, like what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but I knew on a deeper level that, it, it was not malevolent or anything. So I just breathed and went through like, you know, I was calming myself down as the pressure built. And suddenly it, it was as if I felt that swell and that pressure approach me from about 20, 30 meters away. I had like um, an awareness of the physical distance and then it came closer and closer. And then the closer it got to me, I started to, feel my body shape like my body shifting and changing so suddenly just sitting down with my hands on my lap um I would prop up my spine like change shifted position my shoulder went back you know my 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 whole structure started to change and then you know I think I like opened my (laughs) not possessed guy (laughs) (laughs) that was when I was younger I had those who you gonna call yeah Huh? Who are you gonna yeah, call? The ghost the ghostbusters, of course. <laughs> so it uh so I had this connection was coming through and I opened my legs, I sat up, and that presence uh made itself known because now it was very close to me mm-hmm. and I knew that uh, he was a man. I knew that his origins was of like Native American um origins. Um, he felt very wise and very benevolent. It was very calm uh, when he was finally there, like near me, within me. Um, when I connected that intimately with it, the fear disappeared, it dis- dissipated. So mm. no, nothing like any kind of psychic attack that I had when I was younger, like wanting to you know, throw myself off the building or anything like that. It was very opposite. So. The moment I had that intimate connection, you know, the fear dissipated. And I had connection uh, with this connection. I understood it to be um, one from a past life. You know, Mm -hmm. it was a past life uh, from a past life. And, you know, he was an older, wise man, Mm. a medicine man. And I connected with um, that energy. I connected with myself and that medicine man energy from a past life um consecutively for for quite a while at the beginning especially and um 
this was something that would come through very strongly in my sessions. And the, you know, it informed me, you asked how it informed me. So it informed me in the work that I was doing healing myself, because then I started to speak um, the light language and the, these words and these sounds, uh, which had so many variations and so much of a journey on its own, like developing and changing, connecting to different, like, um, for different purposes. Um, and when his sound came through, uh, it was deeply healing and empowering. I started to have access to this inner power and, um, you know, the, the medicine of magic, you know, the magic um, that he had. And so during the sound sessions, it would guide me through um, different processes, uh, mainly in soul retrieval and um, extractions. So psychic extractions uh, where uh, different type of, you know, energetic blockages basically, um, you know, would get removed energetically uh, through shamanic healing and it was that uh spirit that and that connection that informed my sessions as well yeah so that's yeah. one <laughs> yeah that's uh, one yeah <laughs> um what uh, so what is your kind of a spirit animal you mentioned uh, a shark and you mentioned the totems and the native american uh, tribes and then yeah. native american medicine man that was your your kind of guide and when yeah. you said guide I thought you meant like uh, real people uh, physical yeah physical human beings but I didn't know they were a kind of spirit guides but now I'm interested um but yeah I, I've had those two physical as well yeah yeah, but, um, yeah 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 but I know that the more impactful kind of experiences happened under the aegis of the spirit guides if I can also add. yes yes um so what is your kind of um what is your goal spiritually where do you want to to elevate <laughs> elevate yourself how do you want to kind of completely connect with the the spiritual uh, world the, the interdimensions the star nations the uh, whoever <laughs> yeah um i laugh because <laughs> because my goals and my aim in life is like not really in that direction totally not in that, <laughs> that direction <laughs> um, for me it's about integrating my human <laughs> that's that's really my intention and my goal and um i'm not sure if you are uh familiar with astrology but you know yeah yes. you know kind of kind of yeah yeah you know i i admire it uh, from afar but you know whenever someone uh, hands me my horoscope i kind of uh, you know shiver and i say <laughs> that's not science and I, i'm sorry that, that that's not a, a scientific thing it's not proved it's not tested there is no way to unprove uh, a kind of a astro uh, astro astrology just have to believe that it's real but I know what I know what you're you mean you mean by astrology because you know the moon affects the waves and the sea in certain ways um, 
So that's uh, one kind of example of astrology, shall we say, to me, <laughs> to me at least. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, uh, astrology is an ancient science that they've studied for thousands and thousands of years. Yes, and I'm sure yes, if there's <laughs> more research done, uh, th there are many uh, case studies uh, about it as well, and which are experiments, you can call them. Um, I guess it would, it would be it would be something that uh, has to be not so much believed, but, you know, something that you open to and then you experience on your own. It's not something that anybody can convince you of, you know, and mm. for me, nobody can convince me as well. If they give me some kind of, um, you know, a scientific fact that says this is not possible or this is possible or this is not possible. I'm just like, well, I mean, not all the time. Yeah. But you know, you're, you're going through a lot of hoops, shall we say, to make just one claim. You know, you make all those kind of caveats uh, in your language and in the papers that you write that you are covering your own ass, shall we say, scientifically. Well, yes. Astrology, within astrology? No, uh, just uh, in general, when you, when you read a kind of a scientific, a report, scientific report. Yeah, a paper or article or whatever. And you say, well, I can believe that this part and this part that doesn't coincide with that, uh, that thing and that theory is not proven yet. You know, you make all those uh, kinds of claims, but the problem is with those uh, kinds of crafts of uh, astrology, uh, palm uh, reading, uh, kind of uh, reading a, uh, in a coffee uh, cup, uh, uh, kind of a medium, mediums, you know, that try to summon the uh, spirits from the other side. Um, yeah. I don't know about those uh, practices. There are, there are quacks everywhere. <laughs> everywhere, in yes. every industry. Yes. Yes. In the mystic side, in the intuitive yes. side, in our normal day world. Yes. You know, but there is truth. Uh, as well in the ancient sciences. So anyways, without going too much into that, um, your question was, you didn't ask a question um, yeah, about- probably. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Probably I um, did not, yes. Yeah, no, we were talking about, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, my goals. Yes. yes, yes, your uh, spiritual goals, shall we say. Yeah, so um, like, yeah, so I was saying, I, I was laughing because uh, for me, my, my goals and intentions in life are, are not so much to explore all of these things or to reach some kind of point where I can, you know, accomplish, you know, um, things in that direction. Uh, for me, I feel like... Um, I brought up astrology because uh, through astrology, you can actually see uh, some of the key factors around uh, the energies that you entered this life with, uh, that you have certain kind of like uh, expertise and experience in because of lifetimes of uh, gathering information. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then you also have on the opposite side, um, some key factors. I'm just talking about like the position in the chart, some key factors that uh, shows you that in this life, what you're here to understand and what, to, and what you're here to master and what you're here to um, learn 
to balance to balance what you came in with. So for me, my expertise and my understanding and like things that are very intrinsic to me uh, all surround the transpersonal and the psychic and the inner worlds and things like that. My goals and my intentions in life is really to integrate this to support other people that might have difficulty um, dealing with the same kind of issues that I had um, and also to support individuals that might not have the same storyline as me, but there are kind of challenges in their real world as a leader, as a creative person, as somebody who is a heart-centered entrepreneur or just anybody really who considers themselves a leader. Um, the kind of challenges that they are going through, the internal uh, challenges and questions and chaos and things like that. I use these gifts and expertise to support those individuals. So for me, my goals and intentions are really to use it in a practical way to support other individuals, you know, and, you know, head towards just having a more and more integrated life that I probably, mm. you know, I'm, I'm 33. And I know that in the grand scheme of things, that's very young. Like um, Jesus. Yeah. okay so um when when i was uh but when i was like 25 right i started to support individuals that were almost double my age you know so because of uh these 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 insights that i had like this connection to you know my intuitive side um so but I still know that I'm 33 regardless. And probably will have a very different story to tell when I'm 60 because of mm. all of the trauma and the difficulty and the challenges that come when you enter yeah. a world like the world that we are in today. Like it's crazy out there. Like so yes. it's like there crazy, is no okay? out there. There is in here yeah. the, yes. the yes. internet. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, yes. yes and 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 problem. i think yeah and so for me it's like uh i am like i i i see like i don't see myself as a broken person but i'm definitely like like i have a lot of like issues like mm. all human beings right and so sp spiritual gifts and psychic capacity does not equate to like to me, okay, this is like from my point of view, <laughs> it doesn't equate to like some kind of mastery over life itself. It doesn't. And for me, this is like my intention. My goal is just to have a happy life and to have a peaceful one. And, you know, there are so many things that I'm, you know, still working on and that I want to create in this world and just to enjoy this life. And I think that things can just be more and more simple for us human beings. And that is just, that's my intention and my goal. You know, it's to keep exploring and to keep like this sense of adventure within me and to make the complex within me and in life more simple. Yeah. Wow, this has been a, <laughs> whoa, this has been a wild ride, but I enjoyed every second of it. Um, thank you so much, Soraya, and I'm hoping that we can talk again in the future. Why not? Yeah. Thank you so much, Guy. This has been Soraya Sakaido with, uh, yes, uh, it has wings, <laughs> you know, has wings. Oh, okay. That's yes. new. <laughs> <laughs> it's my invention. <laughs> um, 
Thank you so much for watching and we'll see you on the next side.